Do complex legal issues hold you back? Let's get energized and bring clarity to your top legal questions. This is Law Talk with the Flock by Guzman Law Firm. I'm your host for Law Talk with the Flock. I'm Gina Guzman, CEO and managing attorney, author and business owner at the Guzman Law Firm. And I am here to help navigate you through the law, your business, and life as a leader. And today I have a guest with me, attorney Andy Simpson, who is an estate and business attorney at the Guzman Law Firm. And we're going to be talking a little bit about administering a trust. I'm really excited to have you on today, Andy. Sounds great. Thanks for having me. Good morning. Good morning. And we're talking about law talk with the flock and estates and business and trust. So tell me a little bit about your background in this area. So I've been practicing law for about 15 years now, and I started in a small law firm where uh, the bread and butter of our practice was um, wills, trusts, and estates. And as our clients age, they pass on. And the natural progression of that is to work on the probate and the trust administration after people pass away. And way back in the day, you've got your blue wine because you're a Creighton Blue Jay, just like I am, right? That's right. Yeah. I went to law school at Creighton. Um, 2004, and I also went to undergrad at UNL, so much like you. We yes. go both ways on that Jay Skurs. That's right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I got the red one, and you got the blue one today. We covered it. We, yep. got, it, we got them all covered. So Absolutely. in Nebraska, we're good. Yep. Very common in this office to have that. It's so. true. Mm-hmm. It's true. We have a lot of uh, Nebraska and Creighton people here, don't we? Yep, yep. Awesome. Well, you joined us in the Omaha office of the Guzman Law Firm uh, last year, and we've been really excited to have you on the team. And I, I know this is a strong area that you focus on. Yeah, it's been great. We've uh, been here for about nine months now, and as you know very well, everything is constantly moving. We move real fast, but uh, we work hard and have fun. So Awesome. Well, your practice has been a really good fit for the firm, and we're super excited to have you on the team. So, Andy, what does it mean to administer a trust? Can you break that down for the folks that are listening? So when I think administering a trust, I I was thinking about this a little bit. There's a whole bunch of different types of trusts, but 95% of the trust fall into the category of a living trust, which is an estate planning tool that uh, people use to basically speed up the process when they pass away and uh, they fund it during their life so that way when they pass away there's no need for a probate so in that realm the administration is generally the successor trustee because the first trustee is gone Um, and they administer it by collecting the assets of the estate paying the debts or any obligations that the decedent may have had um, as the trustee and then they distribute the property of the trust to the benefactors of the trust that's set forth in the document. So that's a general trust administration. It comes in a whole bunch of different packages. but Okay, so there's a lot going on here. I'm going to mm-hmm. break this down a little bit. Sure. So, I remember before I went to law school and I sat at Creighton Law and learned about trust and estates, I always thought a trust was like a Swiss bank account or something. Yeah. What is an actual trust? Isn't it just a contract? It is. That's right. And, and, and in reality, um, a trust is a lot like a will. It just sets forth the person, again, talking about a, a living trust for estate planning purposes, 
generally is a contract between the person who's funding the trust with their assets and the beneficiaries of that trust. And they're appointing the trustee to manage those assets, so to speak. So it doesn't have to be super complicated and most of them are not, um, but uh, it's just a, a fabric for distribution of that person's assets when they pass away in, in a general sense. And so. then unlike a will where you go through probate or the court process, the trust helps keep you out of that process and therefore you, it's more private? It does. That's right. And so I, I like to use the word, I'm not sure if this is right, but I tell people it's a little bit of a legal fiction because when you set up a living trust, you're still in charge of that trust. You fund it with your assets during your life and 98% of them are revocable, so you can change them at any time. But because the assets are titled in the name of the trust, when you pass away, the trust owns those assets and you do not need a probate to convey them to the beneficiaries as opposed to you passing away and owning, let's say, a piece of real estate. It's now in your name alone if you don't put it in a trust and you need a probate to have a judge appoint someone to have legal authority to convey the title to that asset to the beneficiaries. So that's the difference between a probate and a trust. The trust owns the assets upon your death, so title isn't necessarily in your name. And then in a will, that person's called an executor and it goes through probate. And in a trust, that person's a trustee and the trust gets administered. Absolutely. Right? Yep. So those are the big differences? 100%. All right. Now, who can be a trustee? Uh, anybody, really. Um, it, it depends. Sure. Uh, oftentimes in the run-of-the-mill uh, family living trust, it usually is one of the beneficiaries, uh, child, brother. Um, if people are married, it's usually the other spouse, and then the last to die appoints really the person who does administer it, so that's a secondary trustee. Um, there's... To my knowledge, no major prohibitions. I've seen lawyers do it. I've seen CPAs do it. Typically, the lawyer doesn't appoint themselves as trustee, so that way they're able to represent the trustee uh, as legal counsel moving forward. So, so if you're the trustee and you're uh, some have somebody passes away and you know you're the trustee of that trust. Uh, how do you get started? What's the best course of action to get started? So you usually go to the lawyer who drafted the trust. Go um, to the lawyer. That's right. What a good answer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, and that's important for lots of reasons because what happens is when you take on that job, you're now a fiduciary for the other beneficiaries of the trust. And sometimes it's simple and uh, sometimes it is not. And so the lawyer's job is to guide you through that process to make sure that uh, you do everything correctly. In Nebraska, we have state inheritance tax. It also still needs to be paid on a trust. Uh, so you need a lawyer to do that because that's a court proceeding. So the second person you contact is the CPA because the trust still has to file final tax returns. Uh, and they work hand in hand with the attorneys. Now, I will say really one of the reasons why people set up living trust for estate planning purposes is it's faster upon your death. It's it's more private. As you said, we don't have to have public court filings like you would in a probate. Um, and a good lawyer working well with the trustee can really get a trust administration done. Uh, I mean, we've shot for 60 to 90 days uh, after the date of death, and that ultimately reduces costs. Um, so uh, the lawyer is the first person to call. It always is. Yeah. So if you're named as trustee, you don't need to be too concerned about it because you get to go work hand-in-hand -hand with the lawyer, and they'll guide you through the process, essentially. Absolutely. Yep. The trustee really is the laboring or. Um, go out and uh, identify all the debts, uh, collect all the assets, and the lawyer can really help guide them with any of the intricacies and make sure that they uh, 
really convey the assets the way the trust says they're supposed to go because the lawyer presumably drafted the trust and has a better understanding of the, the way it's supposed to go and you don't want to end up in a situation where you've misdistributed assets. So Now, if the lawyer didn't draft the trust, could they still come and hire you to help them through that process? Sure. That happens a lot. Um, it, it happens a lot where maybe the trustee is son and has a good relationship with their attorney, personal attorney and mom maybe wasn't that person's uh, client, uh, so it happens a lot. Really, the attorney-client privilege is with that trustee, or the attorney-client relationship is with that uh, uh, particular trustee. So it's a working relationship, whoever you're most comfortable with. And what about a, a bank? When would a bank get involved, maybe, or a trust department? And mm-hmm. what circumstances do people tend to appoint them to be the trustee? So we see them a lot in special needs trusts that may go on for a long period of time. And that's a whole different sort of realm that we haven't discussed mm-hmm. here. But we do see them a lot, uh, financial institutions appointed as trustees in trusts that may have provisions for distribution of assets over a long period of time where the living life of a trustee may not work. So minor children, um, we will see that. And, and banks and uh, uh, other corporate fiduciaries will act as those trustees. And they're obviously got to live longer. Um, uh, we also see it in situations, I see it in situations when I draft trusts for clients where maybe the person who we're drafting the trust for tells me, I'm not real sure I need any of my relatives to be involved in this. They don't get along. It's not going to work out well. So we appoint a bank mm-hmm. uh, or a corporate trustee to do that. And they're neutral. They, they abide by the terms of the trust. And we, ha- we remove the emotion from the equation that way. You bet. So there are options for folks that don't have a, a responsible family member that they can have fill this role. They can hire someone to serve in that capacity. And then you would work with them as the attorney. You'd work with that financial institution as the trustee. Yep, absolutely. We've done it both ways. You, you do generally see it. It is usually more the the relative mm-hmm. um, because, you know, the financial institution will charge a little bit more for a trustee's fee. But um uh, you don't want to miss the forest for the trees in that realm. And if it's if you're able to uh, avoid some conflict with that neutral party, it's it's generally cost effective in the long term. So very good. Well, thank you so much, Andy, for mm-hmm. breaking this all down and having a dialogue with me today on Law Talk with the Flock. Appreciate you coming on to the podcast. You're very welcome. This was fun. Well, thank you, everyone, and go make it worth it. Thanks for joining us for Law Talk with the Flock by Gooseman Law Firm. We hope you feel energized and ready to soar past your goals. Become a Flock fan and subscribe to our podcast for weekly episodes. Learn more at GoosemanLaw.com.